Welcome to Grave Discussions. I am one half of your favorite horror duo, Barnabas. And I am the other half, Samael. Welcome, one and all, to episode 105, Ghostface Takes Manhattan. And uh, today, fiends, we have a very special guest. He has joined us uh, on some other Scream-related episodes. We have none other than The Caretaker. Hey, hey, what's up, everybody? It's good to be here. I'm glad to be back. I'm excited to talk about Scream 6 with you guys, man. Oh, this is going to be a lot of fun. Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, this is going to be a great episode, guys. Uh, I'm I'm really excited. I know you guys are excited. I hope everybody listening is excited. Uh, it, it's going to be a good one. Um, obviously, Scream 6 came out a couple of weeks ago now, and we've been like marinating on it for all that time. And I know I have a lot to say. I know you guys have a lot to say. So we're not going to spend too much time before we really dive into the movie analysis. But you know, it has been a minute since our last podcast episode about Skinnamarink, so I just like to catch up on everybody. So, um, you know, Caretaker, since we got you on as a special guest, uh, obviously you have uh, all your projects as well. You have your own podcast. So what's been going on with you since we had you on last? Uh, you know, I mean, keeping busy, like you said, I do have... Uh well, me and uh, another co-host, Brendan, we have a podcast together uh, called The Midnight Reel. So if any any anybody listening wants to go and check us out over there, we are in the works right now with uh, the beginning of season two. So we'll be having some new content soon to drop and there's a lot more to come with it. So we're really excited about that. Um, and then other than that, man, you know, just living life, watching movies, enjoying myself uh, and staying busy, man, working all the fun things in life. but. Seeing movies, man. Watching movies, watching shows, keeping busy with that kind of stuff. Scream 6. Yeah. I'm glad to be here. I'm just excited to talk about it with you guys, really. <laughs> Hell yeah. That's what we like to hear. All right. Well, let me ask you a real quick question. Then what's the last, like, uh, hmm, like really great, like, you know, S-tier movie or show that you've seen that you can recommend to people besides, you know, Scream 6, obviously? Oh gosh! Um, Just off okay, the cuff. Let's see. What have I? <laughs> what have I seen recently? Um, off the cuff. Let's see. I mean, Scream Six is honestly the most like recent dope movie that I've seen. But uh, I mean, other than that, I enjoyed. Well, I'd say I had I had fun with cocaine bear oh my god it was a fun it was a fun movie i'm not recommending it because it's not a movie that's for everybody i know that first and foremost i'm just gonna preface that with the or this with that and uh but you know i had fun with it so like that's the most kind of recent one other than scream six that i that's standing out in my mind Mm um it was just a good time it's just one that you just really just turn your completely turn your brain off and you just Go watch and just watch a bear kill some fucking people and have fun with it, you know? Oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I mean... No, hey, I mean, our, our audience might, you know, enjoy that one. So, I think that's a pretty good shout-out, yeah. 
Yeah, only one that kind of comes off the top of my head. I mean, I loved last year. There were some great ones, dude. I loved like Smiles, one that I was just huge on. Mm-hmm. So I know I listened to your guys' episode about your favorite movies, and I know pretty sure Steph was bang on that too, right? Oh yeah, dude. I fucking I love Smile, man. Like I don't know. I it was like kind of like formulaic, you know what I mean? But like that was our main mm-hmm. point. It was formulaic, but it was like a fun movie, and like mm-hmm. I wouldn't recommend anyone miss that. I still have to watch Megan. That's another one. I oh, unfortunately. Me too. Dude, we should like just yeah. fucking watch it and then just like I don't know, we could do like a article about it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. I want to watch that one real bad. <laughs> oh, you still haven't seen it? No, either? I still haven't seen it either. My wife and oh, I are, have been trying to like find time to watch it, but it just hasn't come up yet. But I know the unrated cut is on Peacock now. Um yeah. as well as the regular, so I don't know which one to watch, but we are going to like watch it at some point. I might just try to like be like, hey, babe. I mean <laughs> I mean, I recommend, I mean, I saw, I saw the, the right, you know, the theatrical version, which is PG 13 and mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to, I don't want to say anything, say anything to like, you know, you know, give you different expectations for it or something or make you feel one way or another about it. So I'm not going to talk much about my experience with it. However, the, uh, the movie itself, I would prefer probably the unrated version. I just heard it was a little bit more, uh, you get more to your scenes, I guess. You just mm-hmm. get more meat, meat to the bones, more you know, bloodiness and fun stuff. I think that's what I want. Version, so yeah, I would say I would say definitely if if you have the option between the two, I would go with the unrated version. Okay, I don't think it really takes much out of the movie, and it only adds like you know, some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. Is what I heard, what I heard, and what I read anyway. So okay, yeah. Well, obviously that's a 2023 movie we're um, all gonna need to see, especially you know St- uh, Sam and I for our uh, end of the year lists i'm i'm sure it's it's going to be a contender so um yeah i plan on seeing it very soon um mm-hmm. all right well uh sam what about you what's been up uh can you also give a recommendation you know something cool you've seen lately it doesn't have to be horror but um like does it have to be newer uh, just something you've seen lately okay i have um I've been um, re-watching Jane the Virgin on Netflix, and that show is the fucking bomb. I would <laughs> highly recommend Jane the Virgin to anybody who loves, like, drama, romance, and comedy. Like, I know, I know. You watch Jane the Virgin? Yes, I do. Fucking sue me. There's tea in every episode. Nice. Oh, man. Like, okay. Like, tea, like, I, gossip, or tea, like, actual like just tea? tea, tea. No, not, like, like, okay. like, like, actual, like, bro, there's so much, like, drama. Like, uh, basically, uh, a woman, she's, like, dating this cop. And then, um, she's going to get, like, her, like, pelvic exam or whatever, and then, like, she accident they accidentally switched her chart with a woman who was getting artificially inseminated, so she gets artificially inseminated, so she's, like, a pregnant virgin, and that's all I'll say. You need to watch it. You, you, and, you and your wife need to watch it. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah, yeah she likes stuff like that. Yeah, my girlfriend, she's she loves that show, or she loved it when it w- was out and on, and she watched it and told me to watch it. I never did, so it's interesting it's, to hear. Th- it's pretty good, dude. I mean, I'm I'm just we're just rewatching it. I think my fiance is in the other room watching it right now without me because she's like, "I'm gonna watch some Jane. Hopefully, you don't miss anything." I'm like, "Of course, I'm gonna miss something. There's like tea bags in every episode," and she's like, "Yeah, there is." <laughs> well, um, all right, awesome. Uh, I guess if I have to go. Um, we recently just saw the new season of you, which was pretty good. Uh, I know mm, I told same fuck. Yeah. I forgot I, about that. I, I don't know. I, I liked it because 
Oh, I hadn't seen the first two seasons, but I like this one because it's got kind of that murder mystery angle to it mm-hmm. in the first half. The second half, I was a little iffy on, but yeah, were, I kind of was taken aback by that. Honestly, there, there were there were still some redeeming parts to the second half, but overall, I I enjoyed it. Um, I yeah. I finally saw Interstellar, which was incredible. Yeah, and man, then, I'm so happy that you, dude. Yeah, we've got to talk about yeah. that another time. But yeah, we I'm will. so we so will. happy that you finally checked that out. That was, it's an it's amazing about movie. time. <laughs> I know. Yeah, seriously, time, right? Uh, um, better late than never, I guess. And then yeah. we recently also saw uh, Infinity Pool, which was actually um, quite quite good. Yeah, oh, wow, I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing that. I still haven't checked yeah, it out I, yet. So. I still haven't seen Infinity Pool. Yeah, you, you both got to check it out. I yeah. all I'll say is that I definitely s- still prefer uh, Possessor by like a small margin, but they're both really good but they're both really good and um infinity pools is crazy so i think you both would probably enjoy it yeah. but, mm-hmm. nice right, well, well i'm really looking uh, forward to it oh i wanted to mention one uh one thing that i watched recently mm-hmm. that i had never seen before and you guys are gonna be like what you never saw that before i i just checked out like a couple days ago or a few nights ago the burning oh, oh my man. god yeah, yeah that yeah. is my f- <laughs> that is probably my top three 80 slashers dude mm-hmm. it was awesome man i, I was yeah, like how like... have i never fucking seen this before <laughs> i have like, no idea as dude. i was watching it, i was just like because like i've heard people talk about it and for whatever reason for so long i just like just always forgot about it when i wanted to watch something that was you know kind of up that alley and so i would just do rewatches or whatever and then like the other night i was just like the burning oh my god mm-hmm. i gotta watch it tonight yes and dude, I, and so it, it was great, good. dude. It was it was such a good like just a good fun '80s slasher that was built on that like that cool like you know basically kind of like Friday Thirteenth type story. Yeah. Um, but like it was just done so well in its own way, and it stood off on its own. Like the whole you know the whole obviously the intro, the whole like theme of the movie, the title mm-hmm. of the movie, the burning, how you know they burn burn them and. It's just it was all really good and it was just a lot of fun. It was a fun, dude. That was like yeah, movie. that's definitely definitely one of my favorites. There's some other ones that uh I have from the '80s you probably haven't seen. I mean, there's I like Slaughter High. Uh, it's scored by Harry Manfredini, the guy who scored the Friday the Thirteenth movies. Mm-hmm. I think that one's a solid one too. There's also like fucking um, Slaughterhouse. I mean, there's a there's a few like really good Prowler. hidden gems in the '80s. Prowler's really good. I'm just looking at my movie Ooh, poster Prowler, for it okay. right now. Yeah. Prowler's really solid, and Tom Savini did the special effects on that one, so they're fucking brutal. Yes, okay. Mm -hmm. I gotta see Mm -hmm. Prowler then, that sounds great. Yeah, that's a good one. Another thing I forgot to mention, I'm sorry Barnabas, Um, I just got in the mail my Blu-ray for In Search of Darkness Part 3, the 80s horror documentary, Mm, and they gave me like three free posters with it, uh, a pin for my um, little horror battle vest, and they gave me this card that links you to this website for like uh, discounts off of like horror merch and stuff like that. Nice. Sweet. That's pretty dope. That is sick. All right, guys. Well, that's all awesome. But I think it's about time that we get into the meat of the show with Scream 6. So why don't we take just a quick minute, go to the bathroom, whatever you guys got to do. And then uh, listeners, we will be back very shortly with our analysis of Scream 6 on 
Grave Discussions. And welcome back, Gravers, to Grave Discussions, episode 105. So, we're not going to waste too much time here. We're diving right into Scream 6, arguably the biggest horror movie to come out this year so far. Um, I don't really think there's anything bigger than that to, to come out just yet. Obviously, a huge event. I think it's already grossed over $100 million at the box office worldwide for very good reason. And this movie, of course, takes the cast now primarily the new generation from Five Cream. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no. You knocked that shit off. <laughs> don't don't you five, five Cream us, bro. What the fuck? <laughs> That's not what it's I called. Had sl- <laughs> I had to slip it in there naturally. Guys. Fucking, don't say slip it in there and then say Five Cream. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, my gosh. What are you uh, doing to us right now? This He's podcast good. is not for don't, kids. Don't give us a five cream pie, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I will. I will. You can't stop me. So uh, we, yeah. we get the we get the cast, Jenna Ortega, Melissa Barrera, uh, and, and the rest, of course, uh, coming back to the Scream franchise. This time, they're in New York City. Brand new location, brand new killers, brand new kills and terror and all that good stuff. Um, obviously we've all been very excited. We're all big scream fans, but we're going to try to remain somewhat unbiased in our review and analysis and mostly keep it spoiler free, at least in the beginning. And then we're going to dive into more spoiler filled stuff after the fact, but let's, let's go ahead and start with, with that just kind of general overview, general experience, maybe what you guys were expecting going into Scream 6 and then kind of like just your overview, kind of how you felt about it, you know, without giving any spoilers away, at least for, you know, right now, uh, what you thought about it. Caretaker, you're our special guest, so let's start with you. All right. Um, so, yeah, so I've seen this movie twice now. I saw it the first, uh, the first Friday that it was out. I saw it the first Friday that it was out, and then I saw it two days later on Sunday. So both experiences, I mean, I think everyone kind of already knows. I've already been pretty excited to talk about it. I had great experiences both times. Um, I really enjoyed a lot of what it was doing, um, and I, I just had it was it was it was awesome. It was kind of the most intense scream yet, in my opinion. Um, and it had a lot going for it. I really enjoyed the story and, and the, the character, like all of the characters, the, the new characters that they really dove into more and, um, went into the relationships a little bit more, uh, Sam and Tara's relationship as it evolved after, uh, scream, uh, 2022, I'm going to call it cause it's not five cream. <laughs> um, and, uh, and the core four, um, a, a term that was coined in this movie, not a spoiler, but, uh, just the new, the, the new characters, um, Chad, Mindy, Sam and Tara. And I just, I really enjoyed their dynamic in this with each other. I, I loved Ghostface and how, uh, exciting and different and kind of brutal he was in this one. And the landscape of New York just kind of brought it all home. Um, obviously like they're worth little, there are nitpicks here and there and like some things maybe a little more convoluted than others, but it's, you know, 
you got to suspend your disbelief somehow a lot with within all of these movies there there's points uh that you kind of have to suspend your disbelief with and uh and it just you know i i had a great experience it was it was a lot of fun expect what did i expect i mean i expected it to be i i really you know i enjoyed five and i i watched it you know a you know quite a few times at this point and every experience that i got after initially seeing it i felt like it's kind of grown on me a little bit some of the characters grew on me a little bit within some of those rewatches and at least you know even more recently before i had watched six i did a rewatch of all the screams and when i got back to scream five i did enjoy like different characters for different reasons a little bit more like i chad was somebody who really grew on me so it was really kind of cool to see him in the new one having survived uh scream five and seeing him in scream six and uh kind of just having his character be fleshed out a little bit more, letting him, letting Mason Gooding get a little bit more screen time in this one was a lot, it was really fun to watch and uh, kind of like who his character was in this one was, you know, it was a lot of fun because he had a lot of charisma in five, but they just didn't, you know, he didn't have a lot, you know, to work with because there were so many new characters and, there were, you know, obviously you only have so much time in a screen movie. And I feel like in this one, there was that kind of regard to um, where like, you know, the runtime was, just over two hours i believe and it was still like man you know you could have you could have went for a little bit longer at the end there maybe or you know like you know an extra like 10 15 minutes you know a little bit more like diving into this or diving into that would have been interesting or even like you know we you know we saw some some really cool set pieces in new york but like it would have been even sweeter to see a little bit more you know uh but that being said like all these things are not you know the, the movie was still awesome. I, I still loved it. And just to, just to wrap it up here. It, yeah. I had a great experience with it. It was adrenaline rushing and intense in some moments and some of the best, some of the coolest fucking looking ghost face kills. And mm-hmm. it was, yeah, it had a lot, a lot, it had a lot going for it. And I really enjoyed a lot about it. And I'm excited to dive deeper into some of these scenes. Yeah. I mean, those are all awesome points, honestly. And I'll, I'll save my, spiel for kind of the end but um sam what did you think uh i feel like uh the caretaker touched base on literally everything that i thought uh the only thing that i didn't like about it is how it tricked me at the beginning i thought it was going in one direction then it went a completely another direction and i was pleasantly surprised because i was like i don't want this to be what it is like the i didn't want to reveal so quickly because the way i went into this movie i did not look up scripts i went into it completely blind not knowing who the killer or killer's we're going to be mm-hmm. um and that's the way i like to do it yeah. um because i feel like if i get any sort of information um it kind of ruins the experience for me like the one bill skarsgård airbnb movie i forget what it's called at this <laughs> barbarian. point barbarian i went into that completely blind and i completely enjoyed it i went into um all ho- all the new halloween movies and i where i had read the script previously to watching them so i was just like uh but this one mm-hmm. I didn't. Yeah. Um, kind of tricked me at the beginning with that opening scene. <laughs> yeah, and I love I love the way the movie started out with like um like you said, seeing uh, Tara and Sam's relationship evolve, and right off the bat they start giving us character development. They're bringing back Chad and Mindy and showing like you know how everyone is coping with trauma by like really sticking together initially and like having that core four and having that core four like solidarity throughout the movie where that trust is like uh solid the entire time so but that can also be a bad thing it makes you like you know suspect this person and that person and 
I mean, could it be one of the core four? I mean, I don't know. There was like a lot of like questions I had while it was going on that all got answered, which I also liked. They kind of left no stone unturned and we kind of get to see like the characters like grow like throughout the movie like mm-hmm. even as opposed to like the last movie like everyone's like completely different besides like honestly sam seems like you know the same kind of except you know she's the protective big sister and she's paranoid about everything and she's trying to protect her little sister and her little sister's having that you know um classic response to trauma like i just want to have fun uh. like you know because mm-hmm. that's like everyone's trauma response in like movies like this like there's always one character that's like Okay, it's kind of tropey now that I think about it. It's like one character is always like, no, we got to be fucking careful. And the other character is like, no, dude, fucking chill, man. Like, it's not that (laughs) serious, man. I'm trying to fucking move on with my life. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we've seen that in a number of, like, movies. But as far as, like, now the ghost faces were fucking awesome. I love the kills. The kills were insane. They were bloody. Um, I didn't feel like any kill was like unnecessary or drawn out. I honestly didn't feel like the movie was as long as it was. It could have ran even longer and I would have been fine just because of like the way it unfolded did not seem like super convoluted and it didn't seem like they were throwing extra shit at us. But I did start to gain suspicions um, of who the killers were about, Mm -hmm. I want to say a little bit before halfway through the movie, I knew who, spoiler alert, who one of the killers were? Come on, we all know this is scream. There's gonna, this is not gonna be a Roman yeah. situation. There's always gonna be more than mm-hmm. one killer, and and the other one also kind of didn't take me by surprise. There we go, another spoiler. Who gives a fuck? I'm just, <laughs> there's three of them. All right, <laughs> but yeah. there's there's three ghost faces. I'll say that, but like the the twist too. Like and there's another twist and then another twist. Like and it's just so hard to go without the spoilers. There's like multiple twists on the ghost faces and like i don't know dude everything about the movie was solid other than like some of like the battle scenes like ghost face is still his um unusually um what's the word for it um not tactile self um ghost face is still very much clumsy and trips over shit and like you can hit him with a lamp and then he like does like a front flip and starts like skedaddling all around the room and shit like it's but you know other than like the the formulaic stuff that's in this movie it did a lot of different things and had a few twists and turns my suspicions were raised um we had like some close calls that i was like you know i was like super worried because mm-hmm. everyone in this movie seems to like really take a fucking beating i'll say that without the spoilers but yeah honestly um i love the reveal um and without spoiling it i have to end it right there because if i keep talking it's just gonna come out but yeah honestly solid it was solid care caretaker already touched on every point i was gonna make fantastically spoken and i'm I'm gonna save the rest of my thoughts for when we can actually like talk about it because uh it's hard for me not to so yeah um, <laughs> it is it's hard to talk well, about it without spoiling it's so hard them, to you know? it's it's so hard to talk about it like vaguely like well, you know what i mean just like, key components to a screen movie and a lot of them we can't really discuss right now <laughs> yeah and it's just like yeah. it's just like it it, it seems like the more the movie go- goes, it seems to unfold, and then you don't know where it's going, and then it unfolds what you thought was going to happen, and completely, you know, takes a complete mm-hmm. different turn than what you thought. So that's that's what I liked about it. Like, and they're not really twists; they're just like they're just they're just there's just more to every aspect of it, and that's what I liked. It wasn't just mm-hmm. like this is happening and this is happening like the rest of the screen movies. You know what I mean? Like, 
the I mean another screen movie that was almost as convoluted as this one I mean honestly probably part three is like the second most like what the fuck is going on you know what I mean until it's like revealed they're similar in that sense but I would say this one's like super similar to scream two and you know scream five was similar to scream one that's Mm -hmm. that's my um little wink spoiler yeah we'll we'll dive into all that for sure well we're not gonna wait too long before we dive into the you know spoiler filled analysis but uh i'll say i mean both you guys really hit the nail on the head with uh your kind of general overview um i i agree with all those points Uh, there were definitely some lower points for me not like low points for the franchise but definitely lower points in in this movie Uh, i mean you know you have those in in every screen movie but there were definitely elements here where i was like ah I kind of wish they maybe did this or that, but I'm gonna we'll dive into those things because again, I can't really discuss those without giving you know spoilers away. But overall, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I I did really appreciate the fact that we did get those moments between the you know aptly named Core Four that really expanded their characters much more for this movie because you know in five they were there you know it introduced them but they were also sharing screen scream time <laughs> scream time screen time <laughs> hey, i see what uh, you did there so meta uh, i know screen time meta. with the you know original uh three sydney doing gale of course so there wasn't as much time as many like intimate private moments to really flesh out their characters and their relationships with one another. But in this movie, obviously, you know, with, uh, spoiler alert, Dewey gone and, you know, uh, Neve Campbell, Sydney not being in the movie, you really only have Gail here. It gives us a lot more time with this new cast of characters to really connect with them, to allow them to connect with each other. And yeah, I think, most people who may have had reservations about the characters i i think this movie did a good job of kind of assuaging those uh you know reservations and just and making them more relatable more likable and that that's huge um for me especially given kind of how the movie ends you know which again we'll we'll get into but the other big thing of mm-hmm. course like you guys already alluded to the ghost faces i think this one has such a more uh, gritty like just vibe to it overall the ghost faces are much more aggressive and just seem like they can fuck you up yeah <laughs> you know they're not really afraid to pull out any stops to get their victims which uh, is, is a nice uh you know it's a relief kind of because sure we've had them in the past you know all the ghost faces have have kind of done their own thing and they've been, you know, hunters and, and they've been kind of like sort of more, uh, traditional like stalker killers, right? Stalker slashers. Mm-hmm. But, and uh, this one kind of felt like a whole new beast. So I really appreciate that made a lot of sense as well with the New York location, right? You got this urban location. Uh, you got these kind of dingy streets and all that kind of stuff. It just fit the vibe very yeah. well in my opinion. But, um, We'll, we'll get into more specifics with that. So uh, we are going to dive into this kind of more spoiler filled analysis in like literally a minute. But 
overall, I just want to say this now before we get into all the spoiler, you know, stuff, but you know, for people who saw five, whether or not they liked it, if, if anybody's still on the fence about six, just very plainly, would you guys recommend they see it? 1 million percent. Absolutely. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. See it. Awesome. Cool. Well, all right. This is the time. If anybody's listening that has not seen Scream 6 yet and you don't want any spoilers, feel free to peace out. Obviously, we'd like you guys to stay until the end of the episode, but I think we all completely understand if you don't want any spoilers because we need to get into really the the meat and potatoes of Scream 6. We got to talk about everything that happened because that's the best way to really just kind of analyze the movie and talk about it more in depth. So if you have seen it or if you don't care about spoilers, feel free to stick around. But I mean, let's get started. Let's just start right from the very beginning. Obviously, we can address things like, you know, cinematography and all those technical elements. But let's just start right from the intro because it's such a such an iconic uh, aspect of Scream. I mean, started in the first one with Drew Barrymore, every subsequent Scream we've had like some kind of killer, you know, opening scene that really kind of introduces the the vibe of the movie going forward and and this one it's no different, but this one it's it, it is quite a bit different than all the other movies. So, um I mean, let's start with that caretaker. What did you think about that intro? Yeah, man. Uh the intro was it was good, man. It was different and you love to see something different especially at this point in franchise especially something that's different that's you know done well and interestingly and it you know obviously we're in spoiler territory now so i don't know why i'm dancing around it you know obviously you it was so interesting to see uh ghostface rip off his mask in the beginning you know i had a feeling you know that they might do it because generally when the slash comes that's when the title comes and you get that title card of that you know scream six or whatever and obviously after he did that slash, it just sat on him. And I was like, he's about to, he's, he's, he's about to pull his mask off. And then bam, he pulled his mask off. And I was like, okay, this is different. And like, I didn't know what to expect from there. If, you know, obviously in the beginning you're having all these thoughts, you're thinking like, okay, is he, is, is this how it's going to be the whole movie? Like, are we going to know who the killer is or who like one of the killers are? And we're going to see him, like, interact with, you know, the, the the core four, obviously, that you don't know that that's her name at that point. But, like, all the all the characters in the movie, like, is that how this is going to be? This is going to be interesting. And then you see him walking home, and he passes by Tara, and he knows Tara. And you're like, okay, okay, is this really where this is going right now? And then, obviously, he gets home and then kind of sets in that, that different vibe a little bit. And then, obviously, the phone call comes, and you're like, ah, okay, this is where this is going. But I, I thought it was all I thought it was all done really cool uh, and interestingly I love Samara weaving um, and it's funny like the reaction that people are having online of uh, oh you know you, I can't believe you just wasted Samara weaving like that like you know she'd be so good for another role and like it's so funny to me because like they kind of already have their their cast you know for these movies so like adding in new characters and keeping them alive is you know, it's tough. Like, obviously they did that mm. with, with Danny in this one, but he had more of a connection to the group, obviously. And like her character didn't, but the thing is, is it's funny to me because like Drew Barrymore in the first one, like they always get like these, especially in the first one, like a big name actress, a person that 
everyone like wants to live and wants to mm-hmm. see survive, and then they just kill him off like that, and then there's this backlash about it. And I just think it's hilarious that that's what's happening right now among like just you know some fans and people out there. It's that Janet Lee effect, though. Yeah, no, know? it absolutely is. If, yeah. if Hitchcock wasn't afraid to do it, then why shouldn't you know Belly Open and uh, the other guy, right? Like, exactly. Why shouldn't they be afraid? Yeah, exactly. And I, I love that I about it. That. So I thought it was. I thought it was really interesting. I, I love the way that it was done. And then like the, mm. the brutality when you see, uh, J, you know, the whole scene, like Ghostface, like I, like I'm, I'm going to go on record right now and just say it. Like the MVP of these movies was never Nev Campbell. Like I love Nev Campbell and she's a oh, wonderful yeah. final girl, but it's Roger L. Jackson. He yeah, is, dude. He is the unsung hero, the guy who deserves all the credit for these movies, man. Especially like, well, not all the credit for all of these movies, but you know what I mean. Like, he's, he's yeah. the MVP. Like his his voice is Ghostface, and his consistency and the way that he's able to like say, you know, uh, the way that he's able to just like what what's the word that I'm looking for? The way that he's able to like convey a message yeah, can, like you like, know what i mean yeah the way that he's able to use his voice and speak and convey like the the words that he's saying and use uh different you know pronunciations for different things in different ways and really just manipulate his speech and the way that he like mm-hmm. is able to like bring his voice up and down and like the calmness and then like when he gets going and gets aggressive and like gets really you know that that just uh, everything that he does with his voice is just incredible and like he in this movie, like he just rocks it out again. And it's just so, so, so much fun to hear like new ghost face dialogue and hear how he's playing with that voice and that character. And, uh, and I just love it so much. So like, I just wanted to do a shout out to Roger L. Jackson real quick, but yeah, like, Oh, he, uh, real quick though. I, on that topic, before I forget, I just wanted to say he, I think he dishes out probably one of my favorite ghost face lines. Um, possibly of all time in this one just the, like his delivery and how it sets up the rest of the movie who gives, who a, gives a fuck, fuck about, about movies? movies oh i love yes. it dude that was so yes. good. <laughs> it's so awesome, awesome. especially because right, like continue. you're like well yeah it's basically right at that part right when he opens up the fridge and mm-hmm. sees um what's his uh uh greg is it greg right his, his friend, name, yeah greg? i think his uh, the other ghost face essentially and sees mm-hmm. him just all carved up in the fridge. I was just like, oh my gosh, like we haven't seen gore like that really, you know, hardly no. in the series. Like we yeah. like obviously the gutting of Drew Barrymore in the in the first one of Casey Becker is like that was kind of like the goriest thing I think we've gotten in a screen movie until we see that body in the fridge. I'm just like, holy mm-hmm. shit, like damn, okay, that's what this movie's setting up to be like. Mm-hmm. And um yeah, dude, it was it was a great opening scene. I, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and who gives a fuck about movies? Like that really just sets the tone, and it sets like you're like, okay, so these killers are obviously like they're like their motive is different, or his motive is yeah. different. Like he doesn't give a fuck about any of the movies. Clearly, mm-hmm. like he's not yeah. in it for that, so he's in it for something else. And then you know, obviously, it, it's really movies, it's really yeah. clever because. Um, yeah, it, 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 that's a really clever line too because it it opens up like a world of possibilities. It introduces a much different ghost face for sure. I mean, obviously in like two, it was revenge fueled anyway, but mm-hmm. you know the the killers still kind of adhere to some of those like classic ghost face tropes, regardless, right? And they kind of do that here, but I mean, still just to kind of like 
lay out that line right at the very beginning lets you know that, okay, this is something just a little bit more unique. And it also introduces the possibility, that very, very faint possibility, I'll, I'll grant you, but still, that this could be, you know, uh, maybe one of the main cast or something like that. Obviously, mm-hmm. you know, with that line, it wouldn't be like Mindy, but... <laughs> Right. You know, there were a lot of people. There were a lot of people who who thought like, "Oh, maybe it could be, you know, uh, Tara or Sam or whoever, or Chad or somebody." I don't know. Um, and so I I just like that line because it opens up like a lot of possibilities. And and it did have me kind of you know second guessing some of the main cast too for for a little while. Like, okay, like I don't think it's any of them, but you never know. Like if if they're not fueled by you know the the whole meta aspect of it then then what do they want right Right. so it could be really anybody um so i thought that was cool i'm gonna save the rest of my thoughts about the intro but sam uh anything else to to say about that what are your thoughts on the intro i mean i was totally not surprised that they killed her like it's the first person we see is always the one that's fucking killed and like i mean they killed her off pretty fast Mm -hmm. in ash versus evil dead too so like i'm like i was like not upset about it like there has like yeah just like the caretaker alluded to like he, you have to have a really famous person in the intro and you're like no way they're gonna kill them first mm-hmm. drew barrymore then jada pinkett smith and then like i remember scream 4 they had what's her name from the good place stabbing some someone i don't yeah it was like anna paquin and Kristen yeah. bell right yeah 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 and Kristen bell stabbed her and like i don't know dude mm-hmm. like i feel like that's necessary for like an opening like show someone that like it's like hot or likable or like even a douchebag and like just murder them i mean they mm-hmm. they murdered cotton they murdered who'd they murder in four what was the actual opening to four does anybody it remember was, i think it was amy teagarden and her sister i don't remember their names yes yes it's you're not, right you know, you're like, right like the intro like scream four intro is like it's good but like it is kind of like since it's like three intros kind of in one and then like it goes to the main mm-hmm. intro and then the main intro is kind of it's kind of cut short just because it has the other two intros it's like yeah. you know that one that one like little intro feels like the weakest of the all of them in a way like if you take out the first like two stab movies in the intro like it's still a good intro don't get me wrong like i still really like that intro but at the same time like it is it is definitely has the most forgettable like intro kills in a way. honestly yeah. yeah and i was i was glad they kind of tricked us with this one i was like are they really about to like show us who ghostface is and then when he got a phone call and it was ghostface on the phone i knew i'm like this is not going to be our ghostface mm-hmm. that's this long-haired like mm-hmm. random dude yeah. who's no. just like i'm fucking going I'm gonna kill fucking tara like okay <laughs> sir <laughs> it's it's pretty clever though honestly that you know they kind of not completely, but mostly dismiss the whole cult of Ghostface thing right at the beginning, because I think at least I know uh, Caretaker. You kind of had that idea in your mind about the whole like kind of cult of Ghostface. Like maybe it has something to do with that. And uh, obviously, you know, later on we saw the whole Ghostface museum and everything. So sure, there is some of that, but that belonged to those guys, and you know, they were killed off right at the beginning. So, I mean, I still kind of had an idea like, okay, like maybe it still has something to do with this, but I think a lot of people assumed that 
like those would be the killers. It would be somebody who was kind of fanatical about all the previous, uh, you know, Woodsboro murders and who was just essentially kind of piggybacking off all those sort of, you know, revering the, the history of the ghost face murders who wanted to kind of pay homage to, to the entire history. That's why they had all these collectibles and stuff like that. And then they just pretty much, yeah, like I said, kill off that whole theory right at the beginning of the movie. It's, it's very ballsy. Hmm. Um, and I'm still not sure how I ultimately feel about it. I'll, you know, we'll get into that when we kind of discuss the killers in more detail here pretty soon. But, uh, I, I still appreciated that they went to those lengths with the intro to do that and to, to throw us that twist, which nobody was expecting. Cause I totally thought it was just going to be like, Oh, okay. Here's Samara weaving. She's going to get killed. Classic, you know, scream intro, uh, slash the title sequence, go into the rest, but it definitely wasn't. Um, I don't know. Was it the longest like intro too? maybe, it, but yeah, it may have been. I'm not, I'm not entirely been. sure on that. It depends how long uh, the, the, Cotton or, and the Drew Barrymore one were, oh. you know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I know Scream 4 was probably the shortest. Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, that, that that's an or Scream 5. Thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to maybe do some research on that. But yeah, either way, either way, it's it it was it was a like it, it was a long intro. One. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was nice. a longer intro. It was cool too because, like you were saying, like because it was more meaty and they didn't really cut down on either kind of half mm-hmm. of it because it was kind of like two halves, like in the intro, like the Samara weaving half, and then you see the Jason half, and they didn't cut mm-hmm. down like on the phone call parts. Like each phone yeah, call, no. like you had a decent amount of time on the phone with Ghostface uh, prior mm-hmm. to the kill. So I appreciated for that. Like neither one of those things were rushed. Um, within the movie itself. Like it wasn't like a short, shorter phone call or something, or they didn't cut the phone call down because they were worried about the time limit in the end. Like it was, it was cool that they kept, you know, what or had, had it as long as they had it. So yeah, I completely, I completely agree. And then, I mean, and, and I'll just say this much. I mean, uh, the Samara weaving thing, I don't care because sure. It would have been nice to have her, you know, be in the movie, but obviously we learned that her character didn't really, have any place in it anyway other than to be the first kill and it really is kind of a an an honorable spot to have at this point right i mean starts off with drew barrymore every you know introductory kill like you guys said is you know like a more famous person or up-and-coming person or whatever like a hot person in in horror at that time or in hollywood or whatever Mm -hmm. and so that kind of puts her on a on a pedestal and i think it's a like I said, it's a kind of an honorable spot to have be like the first, you know, opening kill. It's kind of their way of saying like, oh, you think your uh, cherished celebrity is safe? No one's fucking safe. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And then, yeah, I, I really just love the fact that, you know, it sets up the whole vibe of the movie with the whole like fridge massacre scene. Oh um, and, and that just goes into kind of what Mindy ends up saying later when she's, you know, breaking down the rules that this movie um well you know their situation in the movie is that of kind of a sequel to a legacy sequel or requel or whatever and that nobody's safe and that you know all the fucking wheels are off and just anything can happen and that really sets it up i think very very well and we get that throughout the entire movie um yeah so 
we we can talk about the overall gore, the vibe, and all that stuff. But I I really like it. Like I alluded to before, you know, with this new location, you have an opportunity to kind of dial up that intensity, um, and with with the with the grittiness of everything, the like like I said, the dingy streets, the shots, how everything just feels mm-hmm. kind of more like grimier. The the gore and everything is is fantastic in this one. And the whole, you know, it's New York, so nobody give a shit gives a yeah. shit if someone's trying to kill you out in public because it's New York and it happens every day. Just yeah. like Jason takes Manhattan when they're like, "Can somebody help us?" And then nobody cares until they're in like the crossfire, like mm-hmm. in the in like in Jason takes Manhattan. No one cared until that they were getting they were about to get killed until Jason kicked down the door to the restaurant. Then the guy behind the bar is like, "Hey, what are you doing?" And no one cared at the liquor store until Ghostface walked in with the knife, and then every, mm-hmm. and then he took the shotgun, and then everyone's like, "Yo, let's skedaddle!" Like, you know what I yeah. mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's that classic New York mind your own business. Unless you're, you know, in the crossfire, then you know, either get the fuck out or fight back. Like, but even like even do even the fucking the subway scene in the fucking in Scream Six, like mm-hmm. no one even fucking noticed, dude. Like no one noticed that Mindy got stabbed. Like. No one gave a fuck that Sarah and Sam ran into that liquor store and there was a maniac after them. Like, I was just expecting it to be just like, you know, Jason takes Manhattan. They're like, some guy's trying to kill us. And someone's like, welcome to New York. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, yeah. that would have been a great callback. But, I mean, I well, guess they can only do so many Easter eggs. You, I know. you know what? I found a great callback in the intro. Just like the idea that um, Ghostface is Jason in the beginning and he's watching, mm-hmm. you know, Jason takes Manhattan. And yeah, it's like yeah, it's... his name is Jason. And he's like I he's the killer, that. and he's like he's like, hey, fuck yeah, like it, like he specifically put that movie on. I just thought it was interesting mm-hmm. how his name is Jason, and he's yeah, the I didn't killer. even notice and that. It's like okay, I kind of see what you did there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, that was that was a really slick little uh, meta meta as fuck. Yeah, yeah. Callback for it, sure. I like that. It's good. It's a funny little. And they were watching thing. Jason Takes Manhattan on the TV. Yeah, yeah, yep. that's what. Yeah, that's what he put he threw it on when he got home or whatever, and I was like, oh. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. you realize that first. At first, you're like, okay, cool. And then, like, I thought about it later. I was like, his name was fucking Jason. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I didn't even catch that when I was watching the movie, I don't think. But yeah, that, that's, a, that's, a, kind, that's a good catch. Kind of funny. Sure. And then they kill, yeah. you know, they obviously he kill, gets killed off and it goes a completely different direction, which is funny in mm-hmm. itself. But, yeah, dude, the set pieces in this movie, they were great, dude. Like, there were a lot of fun set pieces. Like you said, like... I feel like maybe they could have uh, gone a little bit bigger in some like they did go big like don't get me wrong but like I like maybe more characters you know kind of reacting more seeing more things or like yeah you know I thought you know the Halloween aspect again like they only really had like the costume party at the beginning and then the you know the costumes at the end kind of on the subway train and and there wasn't really much Halloweeny stuff going on outside of that I didn't feel like. That's true. So yeah. I do like I kind of sense the missed opportunity with that. Um, but yeah, other than that, like the set pieces were awesome. Like the the whole bodega scene was fucking sweet. Oh, it, it was so much fun, dude. I like mm-hmm. it was intense. It was very it was a very intense scene, and like that's what I loved a lot about this movie is it really felt just like a fucking ride. Like you just mm-hmm. you hopped on. And you went for a two-hour-long ghost face ride, and it was just, like, had a lot of adrenaline and a lot of thrilling moments. And, and it was just a lot of fun. And these scenes, like, the way that the bodega scene played out, 
and how like you know typically like in a story like this ghostface isn't just gonna walk into a fucking bodega in the middle of Mm -hmm. new york fucking city and follow these two girls in there and just start offing people and you know just Oh, you're you want to fuck with, with me? A, I'll kill you with a shotgun, no less. Oh, I'm gonna dude, take your how, shotgun. I'm gonna fucking kill you, with yeah. it. dude. And like how quickly he like went after them after the phone call. He just went for it. Yeah, and like mm-hmm. fuck he it. Just, like like that was crazy. We've never seen like especially out in public like that. Like he just ran up and grabbed Tara, and then mm-hmm. it fucking all, led all the way up to the fucking liquor store. And it was like I was not expecting it to like take off right then and there. They got me with that, honestly. Yeah, well, and that's, I guess. Oh, sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say, and that's, I, I would imagine, I think that that's Detective Bailey at that point. In oh, the, for sure. In the, How good in the ghost face yeah. costume. Probably. So, like, I feel like it, in this movie, like, he was more, like, hurt and unhinged by everything uh, that you mm-hmm. kind of see at the end and reveal, obviously. But I feel like he, like, would have just killed him on the spot as opposed to even wait. Like, he didn't give a fuck about the mask thing or her wearing the mask. Oh, he, no. he would have just put it on her after he killed her, I feel like. So he was just, like, at that point, he was just like, if I could fucking kill him, this is my fucking opportunity. I'm going to kill him. Yeah, um, definitely. Which is another, you know, which was another, like, just really cool thing. Because it just felt like uh, all bets were off at that point. It was like, okay, like, someone really mm-hmm. could die. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's I was just going to say that. It. Oh, I, I agree. I, what I was going to say was just that that whole aspect, uh, I think, definitely lends really well n- now in hindsight to the fact that these killers motivation is really not fueled at all by like stab or, you know, the history of Woodsboro or anything like that. Like it, it has nothing to do with that. They don't care about conventions like they're really just using the whole ghost face persona as a means to an end right mm-hmm. essentially and and that yeah they just they don't give a shit They're, they just want to like complete their mission basically yeah, just like just like uh billy loomis's mom exactly yeah so exactly yeah now looking, to, looking back at it i like that like un- so, unhinged I, I, you know just unhinged yeah exactly just like her and fucking randy like when she pulled him into the car and just like fucking molly mm-hmm. like you could tell the unhinged ghost face yep is here comes spoilers uh the dad of the previous killer mm-hmm <laughs> I was not that surprised, but I, sh- I should have been less surprised because I mean, this trilogy is kind of mirroring the original. In the first one, the killer is the boyfriend and his mm-hmm. friend. In the second one, the killer is the mom of the previous killer and some unhinged motherfucker who's like, "I'm gonna blame the movies. I want to be in the news. I want to get caught." And this one just took like, pretty much omitted the Mickey part and was like, "Yeah, it's it's the dad." So I feel like, I feel like for the next movie, I think the killer is either going to be Tara or Sam's long lost sibling, or they're going to go the straight up, too obvious sibling route, and it's finally going to be Sam as Ghostface having some sort of psychotic break after two traumatic events. Yeah, well, I mean, if they are mirroring it, then it's just probably going to be one killer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I mean, it it would make I guess sense for it to be Sam. Um, or like you said, it could be Sam finally related to them. Sam finally succumbing to the inner Billy Loomis voices. Yeah. Right. I mean, she, she kind of did at, at the end, although she still ended up, I guess, being good, but she, she still succumbed to that. She put the mask on. Yeah. She, she donned the whole outfit and took his knife and everything and, and was essentially Billy 
for mm-hmm. for a minute to you know to to put down detective bailey so yeah um but i don't want to jump the gun too much on that i mean i do want to discuss the killers of course but all i was going to say is that the gore and everything the location um i think really lends to some of like my personal favorite individual scenes in possibly the entire franchise in this movie you know and then that's like the bodega and the subway mainly. I mean, I think the whole the um, ladder sequence. I thought the apartment the, the ladder, ladder sequence, sequence was, was also. Oh gosh, cool. I loved that sequence. It's that so was, that was and, very and, time. and it's Just such the a time I was the way Annika yeah, and the way Annika dies, the way she falls off that ladder and just smashes her mm-hmm. fucking face into that dumpster, and like, oh my god, it was su- it was such a brutal kill. She was already just fucking gushing blood out from mm-hmm. that horrible stab wound that she got from Ghostface. Yeah, anyway, that that scene was a lot of fun. Like you said. Uh, Barnabas that this movie had a lot of probably my favorite like individual uh like moments of like gore Mm -hmm. and kill scenes and kind of like just thrilling scenes overall I really like those three set pieces alone uh between the bodega the um the subway and the ladder sequence the apartment ladder sequence I thought all three of them were done so well and even the setup inside the apartment prior to uh, the whole ghost face attack, like Danny seeing it from across the mm-hmm. way and like the whole, uh, like him trying to like yell for them and, and then, you know, them having the conversation at the table about the core four, which is like great, like little moment, which like is a lot, like we're talking a lot about the gore and the kills in this movie. And a lot of the moments are really nice, but ahead of time, like these li- little character moments, um, where they really grow on you and like Chad really grows on you and. And the relationship mm-hmm. between Chad and Tara really grows on you and blossoms with, within the film. But anyways, yeah, like the, all those sequences are are so much fun to me, and some of them, definitely some of my favorite in the franchise. I gotta say, it, along with you, Barnabas. Mm. Would it have killed them to? Uh, well, then maybe they tried. I don't know all the logistics that would go into it, but you know, you said about the missed opportunities. I mean, it would have been awesome to see something at either like the Statue of Liberty or Times Square or one of those other iconic, you know, New York locations. I think like, yeah, imagine or a, like running, yeah. Running down Times Square, like in a yeah, chase ghost scene face between chase all sequence. the, all the crowd on Halloween night or so. Like, I don't, That'd I don't know. Awesome. Like, obviously like, I mean, they did some, some far fetched things in this movie. So like, I feel like they mm-hmm. could have done something like that. Like that's not yeah. as far fetched as like, detective bailey fucking stashing a body and replacing it with a fake one i like i like you know that that's that's the thing that kind of like like i'm not gonna say like i can suspend my disbelief and have a lot of fun with this movie regardless and i always will but like there are Mm. like they did try to get away with some more things in this movie than on average within these you know the screen movies um they're asking for some favors here, but overall, like it still doesn't ruin the movie for me. Like the experience is still there. The, the thrilling moments are still there. And it, yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree with that. It, w- it would have been just cool to see kind of more of New York, but I guess in essence, we saw a good bit of it. I mean, we saw the bodegas like it's, it's that right. Um, more kind of centralized, like urban kind of culture that they really tried to depict, which, I guess is uh is understandable, mm-hmm. you know, especially for like a slasher movie. But you know, I with the New York location, I feel like it it opens you up to 
at least the opportunity of being kind of a spectacle in it, at least not, you know, it doesn't have to be 50% of the movie, but it can be like 10% of the movie. Yeah. And I feel like we mostly just kind of kept to the streets, to the apartments. Yeah. And to the little like stores and like those tucked away places, which is fine, but it was rather contained in that way. Absolutely. Yeah. I did feel that way. Like it did like have some, some more wide shot, like it had more wide shots than five did for sure. And like, I yeah, appreciate it for that. Um, but still like, it felt like, like even though it had more wide shots, it didn't feel like it still felt like it was contained within New York city in a way. And I felt mm-hmm. like, like even though they, you know, it was still the longest screen movie yet. I mean, like 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 uh like Sam said I I could have seen another 20 minutes at least because it didn't feel like it was mm-hmm. that long like the pacing in the movie was really it was it was upbeat pacing the whole time and it really kept kept the story moving and everything driving oh, along yeah. and and um and those set pieces really helped it out obviously but like if you had another one in there that was a little bit more wide like a little bit more of a you know like a like city streets landscape kind of like what they did mm-hmm. at the beginning of the bodega scene when they were kind of walking outside but they were more like in a felt like they were more in like a suburb area of the city but um or at least a smaller part of the city um yeah but yeah it was it was still like it was still a lot of fun but they definitely could have opened up a lot more i agree with that yeah well um you know we kind of uh already uh, kind of glanced by the whole killer's angle so why don't we just get into that get that out of the way i still have a few things that you know wanted to discuss um as far as actually things that i thought could have been maybe better um i guess this also maybe counts as so i don't know what your guys' opinions I'm, I'm curious to hear uh maybe the the one big gripe for me personally is maybe the killer reveal i think maybe i'll warm up to it over time but um I mean, I like Detective Bailey as the killer. I really wasn't expecting, I, I guess I should have, you know, with, with how it mirrors uh, the original trilogy, but, and the fact that it's essentially like satirizing itself now, right? But uh, Detective Bailey was cool, but I don't know. I, I was a little underwhelmed by the killer reveals, especially because when you look at uh, the kids, you know, uh, who is it, Jack Champion, Mm-hmm. as uh, what's his name ethan yeah discount evan peters <laughs> that's what i thought <laughs> yeah ethan and then um you know liana liberato as quinn um i was kind of looking at them i was like uh all right i mean i guess when you explain the whole familial connection to uh you know him and, and scream five to richie right i was like okay fine i guess but i was thinking about all the ghost face moments in this movie i was like i don't know i I don't i don't really see ethan or quinn like being this crazy aggressive like maniacal homicidal ghost face at least in like a lot of those scenes yeah but like i also don't want to believe it was just detective bailey in all those scenes either and so with with the kids especially i was like "Eh." like okay fine i guess but i didn't i didn't love the killer reveal no i thought the um the reasoning like made sense and i was like yeah honestly the moment i knew it was detective bailey is when he called and said it was kirby mm-hmm. i was like oh it's him he's yeah. trying to like misdirect people great 
Yeah, that's kind of what I knew too. I had I had suspicions prior, but I wasn't mm-hmm. completely sold on him. Like I did, I, I I suspected Ethan. I did suspect Ethan quite a bit, and I was and the other thing was like you know he lied about being an econ class, and Chad nobody checked up on that. I was like, they're just gonna believe yeah. him. <laughs> yeah. Like, what and like. <laughs> I kind of knew Quinn wasn't dead. Like, I suspected her, honestly. I, w- I did not fall for it at all because she's the only person besides the person who was, like, dismembered that we didn't see die on screen. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's a good point for sure. And, I mean, the fact that she is the daughter of, like, a police captain or de- whatever detective. Right. Um. So, you know, they can, like, stage whatever, essentially, like you... Uh, pointed out before caretaker so um i mean yeah i definitely had my suspicions there was also a scene i think like after annika died where they were outside and detective bailey was um out there talking to tara and sam and i don't remember exactly how that went down like word for word or whatever but something there kind of triggered my suspicions as well yeah detective bailey i was like maybe maybe something's not right with this guy like not everything's kosher with him Mm -hmm. and uh i kind of suspected it i will say the the quinn thing well he said he's lost maybe maybe i'm just dominant yeah yeah and so you knew that he lost someone else that wasn't bailey or, mm-hmm. or Quinn, not Bailey. Quinn. Yeah, maybe maybe that was the thing that kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But maybe I'm stupid. I didn't really expect the Quinn thing, honestly. <laughs> and then I wasn't sure how I felt about Ethan. I felt he was definitely like way too much of a background character pre-reveal. He was like the to, Mickey. Like, not be. like you expected yeah. him so much that like he wasn't a suspect. Yeah, yeah, like like to me to me I felt like the opposite. It felt like you're supposed to suspect him, so you think that he wasn't a suspect. It just like Chad, like they none none of them checked up on on that. You, they just believed him and I was like, he's a fucking liar. And it was funny cuz I'm mm-hmm. I was watching the movie with my brother. My brother pointed out Quinn and he was like, she's still alive. She's she's the killer. She's one of them at least. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I mean that's a good that that could be that could be true. And then I also like thought it was like really stupid how at the end like the detective like was like reveal, revealed at the end and then when they were like going to reveal the third ghost face one of them is like Mindy question mark no bro it's obviously yeah, his right. daughter he wouldn't just kill his own daughter yeah. she's so blind i was like mindy yeah how do you think was, why did you think weird. mindy was underneath that third mask yeah i don't know i i honestly wasn't was that sure like a to... was that like a line like in in uh that was thrown in there because in scream 2 Sydney goes Gale when she sees Gale walk in. Probably that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, it was like just a relation a... to that in some form. Yeah, a little callback. Yeah, possibly. I mean, I don't know. For for a minute there, I was like, wait, is it Kirby? But no, nah, I I was like, no, nah, it couldn't be. Well, let's. Um, okay, so I guess I pretty. I think we're all like kind of on the same page. I mean, yeah, it made sense, but. Yeah, it's still a little underwhelming. Just just based on how Ghostface was, I was just I guess I was expecting it to be somebody like besides Detective Bailey. I was just expecting it to be somebody like a little more menacing or yeah, more kind of like, like blow your mind or a little bit more. Like with yeah. whoever it's gonna I don't know. Here. He he was kind of suspicious to me because he was also a fucking serial killer in the Hulu uh, 
into the dark flesh and blood fucking um, oh he, he was the dad <laughs> that, ki- that that killed like the mom and he kept his daughter like he was like watching over his daughter because she's like agoraphobic or whatever are you talking about the detective so he's done this yeah before. the detective oh, yeah okay. he's, he yeah was he was he was fine i'm just saying like the his like kids i just i don't know i didn't really believe them as as like, yeah, well, when you start thinking about them as running around in the ghost face costume and who kills who, and you start thinking like, okay, if, if this was Quinn, yeah, yeah, I don't know how much that really makes sense. But plus, she looked so much smaller in the ghost face outfit, just like when they revealed, yeah, Jill Emma Roberts yeah. to be the killer in Scream right. Four, and you're like, that doesn't look like Ghostface. But that, and that's the thing with these movies, though. In some regard, like they ask you to just kind of go, go with, with it, the, you know, like, yeah. like you know. Jill, like you just said, Jill in the fourth one, like she, I mean, I guess I don't know how many of the kills she does in that one. I know Charlie does a few of them, but overall, like you're like, like she is like, I love Jill. I'm a big fan of Jill. Just like the whole, Mm -hmm. like the whole ending sequence and everything of that movie I loved. But anyways, like, like you just think back on Jill and, or Amber and five and, you know, just like. Mrs. Loomis, even though she was unhinged, you do like it is believable in the way. But like you just think about these characters and you're like, okay, like would they really be able to overpower like some of these people or like do you know like in this one Quinn uh, is the one who's uh, attacking Gale and kills her, whatever mm-hmm. he is to her, that guy that's with her, and you know is yeah, Quinn really going to be able to like overpower? Her boyfriend like that that's what like, we're like saying. launch even, his even dead Ethan, body I'm like, yeah launch his dead body from the kitchen to the living room like what the fuck yeah. right but anyway i'm not here to nitpick it because like you really just like you just kind of th- yeah. these movies ask you to just kind of go with it for some of these so like yeah, yeah you start thinking about it you can definitely kind of pull it apart a little bit but that's not really why i watch these movies if i'm being honest no that's like that's as long fair. as long as they don't go like completely off the rails Mm-hmm. I respect, you know, at least, you know, some of the decisions that they make, well, you know, in a way, well, because you get a be- better overall experience. Like if you're like, okay, well, if she's a killer, it's going to be more like stupid and she's going to be terrible and falling down everywhere and she would probably get caught, honestly. But like, yeah, I don't know. Or Gail would no, honestly probably that. kill her, honestly, you know, but <laughs> yeah. Well, what do you think about the, um, the other big thing, I guess for me, which I didn't really... I don't know. I I was in kind of disbelief at first because I saw somebody before watching the movie. I saw a commenter online. Uh, one of their gripes was like the fact that, you know, everybody just takes so much fucking damage and they don't die. And then I was like yeah. watching the movie. And by the end of it, I was like, okay, like this person's got to die. Right. Like Gail's got to be dead. And then it was like, Dude, Chad's got to be fucking dead. Chad's yeah, got to Chad, be dead. Chad, Out of all Chad's of them. The new, like, they all got to be dead. Chad's and, the new Dewey now. He is. Yeah. He is the new Dewey. I kind of, I just, I like, when when he was being stabbed, I, I for sure felt like he was dead. I was mm. like, oh, no. Because I love Chad. So I was, like, bummed. I was like, fuck, dude. Yeah. Not Chad. It was, like, it was emotional. Sad. I was sad. I was definitely sad when he got fucked up at the end. And that would have been a hell of a way to go out too, by the way. Like that it would have been. fucking yeah. sequence was just or Gale brutal. for that matter. But Gale too. Um, but yeah, dude. And then everyone ended up living, and like, so it kind of takes away a little bit from those scenes. Like upon second rewatch, watching that Chad scene, it was still like, it was still brutal and great to see, but it yeah. kind of takes away from the effect. Like it's like, a, well, 
okay he yeah does. i, I cool. agree i mean i think it it sets a weird precedent too because at, at on one side of the coin i'm like okay you know i know that it's it's a little tropey for slashers too like this happens in other slashers like people get like stabbed or whatever like all the time like a bunch of times and then they survive it's 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 a movie thing right mm-hmm. because like like you said you have to suspend some disbelief but like how much is too much and then it also sets the precedent of like are, are these people because you know chad got like hella stabbed in scream five too and he yeah, fucking he survived and he got stabbed in the, and he got stabbed in the dick like yeah yeah and like, is he the terminator and or he's and he's not only getting stabbed guys like he's literally like waiting like the whole end sequence still like hasn't mm-hmm. happened and he's just laying there bleeding out the whole time yeah uh but that's like, the one time that being said like there disbelief. are there are so many survivors in real life out there that have been stabbed you know multiple times and have have had you know multiple many stab wounds and lived through it so like it is believable in one sense but like in another sense like when you watch it happen you're like okay he's getting stabbed badly and then you think about it you're like Mm -hmm. okay the ambulance didn't get there for probably at least an hour yeah i just i don't know 45 minutes and it's like ah yeah i don't know maybe maybe at least one person should have died like i think this would have been the perfect opportunity for gail to die don't get me wrong i i love gail i like the character um i love courtney cox and all that but i think it would have been a good moment for her character to go because then it officially like passes all the torches on to the new cast of characters and then if you're going to have a legacy character be in it just have it be Kirby. Yeah. You know? That was my that was my kind of opinion about that. I don't know. I just it's weird because it makes it feel like okay, these guys have to be in a certain number of movies before they're eligible to be brutally massacred and actually die. Otherwise, they're just going to survive most likely, you know, even though they're still going to take damage. I know that's a very nitpicky thing, but I don't know. It was just one of the things that stood out to me i guess yeah i hear you there i mean with the whole gale weathers thing personally i feel like they killed dewey in the last one and i feel like they can't kill like all of wes craven's legacy characters like just i feel like yeah like i i, I was glad to see gale lived in this one just because like i don't want them to kill off gale and sydney now that it's kind of just them two from the main you know core cast left mm-hmm. i feel like you should just like let these two live honestly like we don't need gale in the next movie she wasn't even really necessary for this movie if i'm being if i'm being completely honest um i did like having her there it's always good to see her back but at the same time like i do really enjoy this new cast of characters and i'd be completely fine just watching a movie that just starred them and we didn't have you know gale weather shoehorned in there um or sydney prescott shoehorned in there so like i'm I love this new cast of characters, and if it's just them, that's cool with me. But the uh, keeping them all alive, you know, yeah, it is kind of crap. You know, like at some point, some of these guys got to die. But at the same time, I, I'm it's going to be exciting going to the next movie because I feel like they're going to obviously we've been talking about how it's kind of like they've been relating it to the original trilogy a lot. So I feel like in some ways, like. Mm-hmm. Mindy's talking about it being a franchise now. The next one's going to be, they're probably going to be talking about like, okay, this is kind of like our third time around. So this is like technically the end to our trilogy. So it's an all bets are off type situation. Um, mm-hmm. You know, like, so I feel like more characters, we might even get one of these characters in an opening scene kill potentially. And if not, you know, I just think, I think more characters are, I, th- I think 
it's going to be exciting to have more characters alive in a third movie and a third installment because they do have more opportunities to kill them. And I think that they probably will because they didn't take those opportunities in this one. So they have a, a thicker cast of characters and they can mm-hmm. really just like, they got Danny now who ended up living through this movie. They got Kirby who's still alive. They got May, uh, Chad, Tara, Mindy, Sam, and who I feel like there's someone else, but maybe not. I think that's it. Well, obviously Gail Weathers, but they have so many characters now, and like they could, if they killed that, like they imagine they kill two or three of these characters off in the next one, you're gonna be like, holy shit, okay, like yeah. fuck, like that was a like they could do some brutal shit in this next mm-hmm. movie, especially if they do decide to like just be brave and kill off three of them, three out of the six that they have. I mean, that would be something. Well, uh, okay. What did, what did you guys, uh, speaking of characters, then I don't want to I don't want to drag this on for too much longer. Cause, uh, you know, it's, it's getting late. We've already been talking about scream six for a while, but I did want to know your guys' opinions about, uh, a, the return of Kirby and then B, this uh new character danny who is uh sam's boyfriend what did you guys think about them okay i have i have theories okay listen kirby i thought it was awesome i love hayden panettiere a big fan always have been it was pretty cool to see her as an fbi agent and the red herring of this movie even though i never suspected her i think they kind of failed with that red herring you know what i mean yeah yeah Uh, it just didn't fucking work but i liked what she brought to this movie she was like helping them out because it was close and personal to her though the fbi would say that's like a conflict of interest probably right i'm not sure how that works but i thought she was great as far as danny um i think he might not have been the killer right Mm -hmm. he's not the killer but i still think danny is sus and there's going to be some weird incest twist in the next movie and he's going to end up being like sam's long lost brother or tara's long lost brother and he was planning this whole time to like go after sam and tara yeah oh my (laughs) wife is definitely suspicious of him she was like there's something not right about him i'm telling you he's (laughs) one of their siblings that would be gross that would be hey, weird, I guess yeah. what, it do, could be whatever you gotta do, those. right? Sweet home Alabama. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't rule that uh, stuff out, honestly. Like, well, yeah. just him being a killer in general or being suspicious in general, but I wouldn't rule it out. I do like him, though. I like this character. I enjoyed. I liked Danny. I kind of wanted mm. more of Danny in the movie. Yeah, though I think. Uh, well, okay. Before I say my point, um, did you also? Like, uh, you know, Kirby. Oh, yeah. Her return in this one. Yeah. Kirby, like, I mean, like uh, Sam said, uh, I, I'm, I love Hayden Panettiere, too. Like, loved her in Heroes. So, oh, I like, saw her, you know, in Heroes and then Scream 4 and she fucking loved her as Kirby in Scream 4. And seeing mm-hmm. her back as Kirby in this was just, it was awesome to see. Uh, I did, uh, I you know, I didn't fall for the red herring shit, not one bit. I did not think that she was crazy or would do this shit. And I definitely did not think that radio silence would like allow that anyway. I don't, I didn't think that they would turn her into ghost face, um, bring her back and like turn her into ghost face like that. So overall though, I really enjoyed having her back. Uh, it was interesting to see her as an FBI agent. It, it kind of, you know, we, we were missing some of those like original, uh, Kirby, like, you know, movie rants and, 
you know, her, yeah. her schooling movie trivia. Like we did get that in, uh, for like a brief moment with, uh, Mindy, Mindy in, yeah. the, in the theater, which was cool. But, uh, overall, like it was just great having her back. It was a lot of fun to see, mm-hmm. uh, Hayden Panettiere back as Kirby and, um, and I'm glad, I'm glad that she's back and I'm glad that she lived through the installment and, uh, and I'm excited to see her character in the next one, hopefully. Yeah. I think both of these characters have the potential to, uh, bud even more into something more interesting. Like you said, Sam, I mean, with Danny, I think there's potential there to do something cool because otherwise, you know, I don't know if it makes as much sense to just introduce him and then let him live and be so close to the two leads right so they so feel like something's got to give with his character mm-hmm. um because it's not going to be like the fucking uh cool quintet or some bullshit like that right yeah. with danny all of a sudden so mm-hmm. uh i feel like yeah something might happen with him but um and then kirby i also really liked a lot it would have been nice to get a little bit more into like what she's been up to, like a little bit more of Kirby and kind of her backstory or no, not backstory, but you know what I mean? Kind of her in between scream four and six, other than just, Oh, I'm in the FBI now. Yeah. Um, right. But, yeah. but we, but I know that this movie was really more about the core four. And so maybe we'll get that in, in the next film. But overall, I, I enjoyed her inclusion. I think Danny was an interesting character. Um, there were some moments where I wasn't like super thrilled with the guy's acting, Josh Segarra, but eh, I don't know. It was yeah, fun. I mean, overall, I mean, I thought his acting was fine. I didn't like it didn't blow me away by any means, but also like it was just like I felt like he played that character well. Like it, the mm-hmm. character just seemed like a pretty like yeah. laid back dude overall. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. and um yeah and i just i i did i did enjoy his character i guess that's all i wanted to say but yeah i didn't his performance wise I, I i thought it was fine i didn't have any issues with it yeah, it's fine. yeah um and then obviously you know the kind of big thing at the end is is sam uh donning the you know ghost face costume of her dead father billy um, and the knife and everything and kind of going ballistic on Detective Bailey, which I think also sets up, uh, you know, another interesting angle for Scream 7. So I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. I mean, I know a lot of people thought she was going to be the killer in this one. It's it's still very possible, I guess, that she could snap and become the killer in, in the next one. But um, I don't know. It, it's an interesting ending. And I am curious to see what happens, especially with like most of the protagonists surviving. So. Can we talk about that hilarious scene when Gail was on the phone with Ghostface and she's like, can you hold on a second? And he's like, wait, <laughs> yeah. what? And then she just hangs up on him. Yeah, I think that was yeah, the first was time good. anybody's ever ever put Ghostface on hold. What? Yeah, there was some. There oh, was yeah, some it ones. is. It is. I was going to say, because Sydney called Roman in the third one, but she didn't place him on hold or anything like that. Yeah. I, I can't remember if there was another moment like that, but it, it was a cute moment. I mean, it, it just, it it's the epitome of her character just doesn't give a shit. And she's been through this how many times, six times now. And she's just like, you know what? I'm, I'm over this whole phone conversation thing. Yeah. So she was badass for that. Well, I will, 
I will say that. Yeah, and another thing with Gail, I've, I've been here, I, or I've just seen people complaining and saying stuff about how like stupid, like Gail was in in her room and stuff, and like after I had had the chance to like think about that a little bit more, I was just like. I don't know, Gail, that, that's kind of her character. Like, she likes to go in harm's way and try and fucking hunt down the killer if she has a yeah. weapon. Like, she will do that. And she's been known to kind of do that in these movies and just put herself in harm's way all the time. And uh, so, like, her coming out of the room, I really don't have a big gripe with it. But I think it's interesting how a mm. lot of people are talking about that and how, like, oh, that's just a poorly written choice for her. Like, it's just, that's that shows bad writing. And I'm like... Okay, you guys are just trying to find stupid shit to complain about. People do stupid shit all the time in movies. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, like, I don't even think that's the dumbest thing that Gail's done. Like, she, at least she had a gun when she came. It's not like she came out of the room with, like, a fucking club. And she was just going to try yeah. and swing it at yeah. his face. Like, she had a gun, so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But, yeah, that, that uh, anyways, yeah, back to what we're what we were talking well about. um you know i was just gonna ask if you guys had anything else you wanted to discuss um you know we're we're a good hour and a half ish in and um i don't really have too much else to talk about really i mean we could talk about the technical aspects but i feel like we've discussed um that sort of within our discussions of all these other scenes and elements and um, i mean i really have no problem with the cinematography or the score or any of that stuff. I mean, I thought it was all pretty fantastic. Um, they did, uh, they did manage to squeeze in the red right hand song by the goth band, Nick cave and the bad seeds yeah. like they did with every other movie. Yeah. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's true. That was cool. And they did also squeeze in the Dewey theme for a moment there from the second yes. one from scream. Oh 2, my gosh. Was another throwback to scream too. Oh, there, there are a lot of really nice, um, nice callbacks in this movie. I guess sure. I, I would like to bring up, uh, I, I, we haven't really done a full deep dive into it, but the whole like Richie twist, like, um, I thought mm-hmm. that was like, I thought that was a really cool, like the, the, the people themselves, the killers themselves were a bit underwhelming. Like I did, you know, detective Bailey, like, especially after seeing a second time, cause like the first time you see it, it's always different and you really have to rewatch a lot of these end sequences to maybe appreciate them a little bit more. And eventually over time, a lot of these movies just naturally grow on you and the characters do too. Like that's just how it's happened with me for scream five and how it's happened with me for scream four and so on, especially even scream three. Like I appreciate that movie a lot more than I used to. Um, But it's just like with this one, like the characters at the end, like the character reveal, it was underwhelming the first time. And then a couple days went by and I saw it again and seeing it again, um, it still was underwhelming in a way, but I did like, I, I liked, uh, detective Bailey, Derbit Mulroney's, uh, performance as detective Bailey in that whole end sequence, like a little bit more. I appreciate it a little bit more. It was, a, it was a bit zany and a, and a bit, uh, wacky, but it was still a lot of fun. Um, and I just, I, I, I really liked that. But aside from that, the whole Richie angle, I thought it was really interesting and it really like did a, did a good job of uh, diving into Richie's backstory a bit more. And I loved mm. like the whole theater I thought was really unique and a different type of set piece, but it like fit kind of within the story and what they were doing with like Richie and uh, his obsession with stab and just, and, and Jason and the, and his friends like who had this obsession and everything uh, or I don't, sorry, what were they his friends? I don't, yeah, they were, right? 
they or that's why they put it in his name or did detective bailey just put it in their name i can't remember it but whatever the I, think, case, I think it was detective bailey that did it but whatever the case yeah i can't remember i yeah. loved i love that whole end sequence and richie and his his movie playing up on the up on the screen and everything mm-hmm. i thought that was really interesting and it adds a lot more flavor to richie as a character um which is interesting so it's always going to be interesting to watch five again after knowing what you know now about richie you know a little bit more so seeing him in five now is going to feel a little bit different than it used to which is going to be an interesting thing as well so i really like the angle of it yeah the characters themselves were a little underwhelming but still like i think it'll grow on you it i think it's grown on me a little bit more since i last uh since i've been thinking about it and sitting with it for a couple weeks but really it just takes time and you gotta watch it again and see how you feel but i think it'll probably grow on me a little bit more yeah i mean i i I think i think it'll grow on me too and i i do appreciate that they gave you a little bit more of richie uh obviously you know his family being the killer seeking revenge it makes total sense for them to at least want to uh showcase their son and his passion and even though they're they're not really into movies or and, and that's not their motive they understood why richie did what he did and they wanted to kind of fulfill his his goal essentially yeah okay yeah that's right yeah yeah um which yeah i think i think that that's why they ultimately kind of did what they did especially with the whole like you know leaving each uh previous killer's mask at the scene and all that type of stuff so it wasn't really them it was more about yeah like doing richie's thing for mm-hmm. his sake so yeah i mean i i did like that it was it was almost an afterthought at the end just because it it was like right there and there really wasn't too much i mean they did make some mentions to richie like throughout the movie so i guess that was also kind of a hint that like oh maybe he has something to do with richie yeah well and but, i mean all the ghost face calls are coming from richie's phone which is like a clear right. a clear indicator it's like well who else has his phone number yeah <laughs> Yeah, agree. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, definitely things that you notice on a on a subsequent watch. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have too much else to mention. I I mean, real quick. Obviously, I just wanted to mention when we were talking about callbacks, all the <laughs> little nods and Easter eggs and things to classic like horror villains and stuff. And on the subway scene was another really cool scene. Um, but so I so I really loved that. Mm-hmm. The Babadook. Uh, yeah, I mean, overall... The just chilling in the background because yeah, mentioned him in the previous movie. Uh, yeah. 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 You know, obviously, like, Freddy, um, Jason, uh, I think Michael Myers was also in there, and then uh, Samara Weaving's character from Ready or Not, Pinhead. I mean, there were a bunch of cool little uh, Halloween costumes mm-hmm. and, and, and Easter eggs for, like, other iconic horror films, so that was definitely cool. I mean, the movie overall was was really sweet. Um, I know, you know, I nitpicked like maybe a, a couple things, but overall I really enjoyed it. I love the vibe. I hope that seven continues with that, keeps that energy. If not get, you know, even more like ballsy and gory and, um, just absurd with the kills. I mean, that would be sick to see, like you said, caretaker, if, you know, if, if they're really going with this franchise route and it's you know no holds barred then that would be a fantastic thing to see but 
Yeah, overall, I really liked the movie. I think I gave it like a four out of five on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what you guys rate it, but. I think I gave it a four out of five on Letterboxd as well on both both viewings. I'm sitting it right at a four, four out of five. So, yeah, like, like you said, man, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, it was a lot of fun to watch. It was just is a ride. Um, and the uh, the the meta commentary was uh, a little bit. Uh, they didn't like they still had it in this movie, but it felt like it was, uh, it took a backseat to just like the thrill ride. That was this movie. Yeah. And, uh, and I appreciate it for that. I, I've always wanted to see just kind of like this nonstop screen movie and this movie kind of, it, it really kind of gave it that to us. And something that we didn't mention that I kind of wanted to mention real quick was that, uh, the, the kill of the, uh, the doctor, Sam's doctor, um, mm-hmm. was cool. And I, I do really love, oh, I, I cool. love, I thought it was a cool kill. Uh, and I, I want to, bring that up real quick but also just sam sam is character i love sam she really grew on me in this movie and mm-hmm. like to see her just fucking like the way that she murdered richie at the end of the uh, at the end of five and the way that she just fucked up detective bailey richie's dad at the end of this one is so mm-hmm. interesting and i i like it's gonna be so like unique to see because it's already so unique unique to see like a final girl who is like this final girl who's like badass and not afraid to get her hands dirty and is actually like w- loves to get her hands dirty actually. And it's like going to be really interesting just to see h- how the story evolves and what it eventually kind of just uh, becomes like what, what ends up happening mm-hmm. at the, at the, at the end of the story and at the end of Sam's story, Sam and Tara, just the, the core four story story really. And uh, yeah, it's exciting to see this, this type of character with Sam though, and her just like being as ruthless as she is and enjoying it. It's going to be really unique to see, uh, the growth of this character throughout these movies. So I'm really looking forward to the end of, uh, or to the next chapter of the scream series. Sam, Sam, what's uh, your rating? Uh, out of five or out of 10? Cause like, Uh, yeah, out of five, out of five, I would also give it a four out of five, just like, you know, suspend your disbeliefs and yada, yada, yada. Like I, in, in the whole, like, yeah, just, 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 just keep it going. Like, don't pay attention to the little mm-hmm. stuff. I mean, and I'm very like detail oriented. So I paid attention like at the end where, mm-hmm. um, Sam and the, the detective are like running at each other oh and, my attack God. Each other. and he's holding a gun he a and gun. he still has bullets. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, so Cause stuff, it goes off just as soon as like they that. run into each other. And I was like, uh, come on. Why? Just, just, just take the gun out of the fucking scene. Like you don't have to yeah. have him have the gun in that scene. You can just, okay. He just walks up there and he's got a knife or something. I don't know. And, and he doesn't yeah, have to have a gun. Some, like why have him have the gun? Like, it's just kind of stupid. Jeez. Yeah. Some of those little things were yeah, a little hard to look past, but at, at the end of the day, like you guys said, I mean, it's scream. It's a horror movie. You kind of have to just look the other way on some things. Cause you know, we can, look at any movie under a microscope and be like this doesn't really make any fucking sense but Mm -hmm. then you know you lose the opportunity for some suspense some dialogue etc so it's it's fine i guess but yeah like you said caretaker the last thing i want to leave off with is um i mean we could deep dive into this but i don't want to at this point but you know the the meta aspect does kind of get lost but i i guess it kind of plays into the vibe and and the killer's as well you know they're they don't really give a shit about the movies and the meta aspect so i guess in that sense it almost makes some sense for the actual meta element of 
scream to take a back seat here and just play more into the action but it is something that i still want to see them exploring um obviously there's only so much you can really get into and maybe that's why they're just intent on just satirizing scream at this point now but uh, we'll see what happens with with seven i mean and and i agree i'm definitely interested in sam i'm more interested in this cast of characters and their evolution than i probably was with the the first trio honestly because they all kind of i don't know they didn't really have that sort of like character trait to any of them where it was like what's going to happen with them they were just the good guys right the survivors and that was really it so i am very curious to see what happens with with sam in, in particular and we're just gonna have to see with scream seven but um that's i think that's all i wanted to say i don't know if you guys have any final final thoughts but if not i think uh we can wrap it up here i think we touched on everything that i wanted to touch on especially caretaker so mm-hmm. good yeah. job man you fucking summed up everything perfectly hey yeah. uh, sorry to steal the thunder guys I was, no, no no that's no, why no, you're no, here no. that is why you're here but uh but yeah <laughs> no yeah i i think i'm good uh i love this was an awesome conversation to have i've been fucking looking forward to this conversation for a couple weeks so yeah. um it, it was a good time guys thanks for having me on i appreciate it oh yeah hey anytime i mean i i, I love having you on here because i mean i love scream i know sam loves scream but i think you probably take the cake and you're almost like the resident grave discussion scream expert at this point so <laughs> <laughs> so you know i i love having you on here i know sam does so hell yeah um, we really appreciate you joining and uh, anytime i mean scream seven you're more than welcome to come back on and you know we'd love to have you and we look forward to it so thank you again um gravers you know obviously if you haven't checked out the midnight reel yet go check it out it's amazing they cover some fantastic movies some non-horror films but that's totally fine i mean they do also cover some iconic horror classics like the howling for example so uh go check out the midnight reel caretaker where can they find you guys uh we are on facebook instagram twitter uh you can check us out on there we also have tiktok and you can also catch us on apple spotify and google podcasts for the midnight reel and uh like like i said earlier we will be uh releasing some new things soon we got uh season two starting up here within the next month uh, so expect a new episode uh, within the next month. And then also we got some new content rolling out. We're going to be uh, doing some new things for the, for the podcast we're really excited about. So just stay tuned, everybody. Um, yeah. Awesome. And Sam, where can they find more Grave Discussions? They can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and the most important one, Grave Discussions. Net, where you can check out our host bios and our previous episodes because we've been doing this for years so mm-hmm. go on check us out at gravediscussions.net yeah that's right guys and also if you haven't yet um you could check out the brand new youtube channel grave discussions so far i've got a few uh, episodes of barnabas's boneyard where i just go over some new stuff that's been coming out um we're d- definitely going to have more content on there as well and that's something to look forward to subscribe on there if you haven't go check us out on all your favorite podcasting platforms the website and yeah in the meanwhile you know we're gonna have a new episode out pretty soon hopefully and 
until then, we'll see you next time. On Grave Discussion. <laughs>